Hello, and welcome to Market Matters, Thompson Hines podcast series that explores critical legal and regulatory issues affecting the investment management industry. I'm Joanne Strasser, a partner in Thompson Hines Investment Management Group. In this podcast, we will discuss recent SEC guidance and a no action letter that deals with share classes and sales loads, trends and opportunities in light of this SEC guidance, and some practical advice for our fund clients related to distribution strategies. Like a disruptive technology that permanently alters a previously successful business model, it appears that the success of ETFs, along with the U.S. Department of Labor's pending regulations on investment advice to retirement assets, has set in motion what could be a fundamental shift in how brokers and other financial intermediaries are compensated. Although the Department of Labor's pending regulations, often referred to as the fiduciary rule, are headed for a six-month delay, fund intermediaries are continuing to revise their business models with respect to retirement assets, and the fund industry is responding to intermediary requests for new or revised share classes. In 2016, in reaction to the fiduciary rule, we saw the introduction of new share classes including the T-share. This class typically exhibits a 2.5% upfront load with a 25 basis point 12B1 fee. With a low upfront load, the T-share was intended to satisfy the fiduciary rule. Not surprisingly, not all brokers embrace the T-share, and it appears that fund sponsors have not seen wide adoption of the new share class. On December 15, 2016, the SEC's Division of Investment Management issued a guidance update entitled Mutual Fund Fee Structures that provided a path for charging different sales loads within a single class. This guidance noted that some fund families are considering adopting new variations to their fund's sales loads that would apply uniformly to investors who purchase fund shares through a single intermediary or category of intermediaries. Rule 22D1, under the 1940 Act, permits a fund to sell its shares at prices that reflect scheduled variations in, or waivers of, sales loads, provided the variations are applied uniformly to all offerees in a class of investors identified in the fund's prospectus. This requirement is reflected in Item 12A2 of Form N1A which requires disclosure of each class of investors to which a sales load variation or waiver applies. The SEC guidance confirms that investors who purchase fund shares through a designated intermediary are a class under item 12A2. In other words, class refers to a category of investors, not a category of shares for purposes of Form N1A. Mutual funds selling shares with variations in sales loads, which I will refer to as flex shares, must disclose in their prospectus each intermediary whose investors receive a sales load variation. 
This disclosure must be presented in a clear, concise, and understandable manner to make it easier for investors to find information about sales loads that differ by intermediary. And it should include sufficient information to allow investors who purchase fund shares through a specific intermediary to determine which scheduled variation applies to their investments. Mutual funds can make sales load disclosures for multiple intermediaries in an appendix to the statutory prospectus, which can be provided as a standalone document as long as it is incorporated into the prospectus and the prospectus states that information about sales load variations is available in a separate document. The fact that the load structure of every intermediary must be disclosed in the same appendix is a challenge for brokers that desire a commission higher than their competition. The SEC reminded mutual funds seeking to implement flux shares to file an amendment to the registration statement under Rule 45A and urged them to seek selective review of the filing. If a mutual fund plans to make substantially identical changes to multiple funds, the SEC recommended filing a single amendment and requesting template filing relief which indicates to the staff that class-specific information is substantially identical across that fund complex. In addition to the guidance related to flex shares, on January 11, 2017, the SEC issued a no-action letter to American Fund's parent company, indicating that under certain circumstances, Section 22D of the 1940 Act does not apply to a broker when the broker acting as agent for its customers charges customers a commission for affecting transactions in a share class without any front-end load, deferred load, or other asset-based fee for sales or distribution. These shares, referred to as end shares or clean shares, have no load or distribution fees, but allow the broker to charge a commission at the account level. This guidance alleviates some of the issues raised by the fiduciary rule because the clean shares allow a broker to charge the same commission to all its customers regardless of the fund selected by the representative. The DOL rule is designed to mitigate certain conflicts of interest that may arise when a broker recommends one fund over another because of a higher commission payout. The SEC's no-action letter was based on a series of representations by the applicant, which effectively become the requirements for others relying on the letter. First, the broker must represent in its selling agreement with the fund's underwriter that it is acting solely on an agency basis for the sale of clean shares. This means that new or amended selling agreements may be required. Also, the clean shares sold by the broker may not include any form of distribution-related payments to the broker. The fund's prospectus must disclose that an investor transacting in clean shares may be required to pay a commission to a broker and, if applicable, that shares of the fund are available in other share classes that have different fees and expenses. The broker will determine the amount of the commission and the times at which they are collected, and purchases and redemptions of clean shares must be made at net asset value established by the fund. The SEC no-action letter did not address the effect under Section 22D of a broker receiving revenue-sharing payments from the fund's advisor, 
it is unclear whether revenue sharing payments, as well as shareholder servicing fees paid by the fund, are permissible. The SEC guidance and no action letter could be helpful to the fund industry by eliminating the need for broker-specific share classes. Unfortunately, there appears to be a divergence between what the fund industry on one hand and intermediaries on the other hand desire. If the fund industry carries the day, clean shares could become the dominant share class. However, the broker community appears to be more interested in the flux shares. Regardless of the fate of the fiduciary rule, the fiduciary standard appears to be here to stay. The industry has responded by adopting fiduciary business practices in the retirement and non-retirement asset area, and the trend towards advice-based fee structures rather than commissions is strong. Rather than sell products with reduced commissions, some brokers announced that they would eliminate commissioned business for retirement assets. Those same brokers now appear to be slowly backing away from that decision. This change in position is presumably the result of the delayed fiduciary rule, as well as the impact of that decision on the firm's ability to attract and retain its sales representatives. In conclusion, there is room for commission-based products in the fund industry, assuming they are structured to eliminate conflicts of interest. While the large fund sponsors and intermediaries bob and weave, what should funds do? This is not the time to make drastic changes or be on the leading edge. A more measured approach could be to reduce commissions on existing A shares in response to broker input. By maintaining A shares, even if renamed, the fund maintains its existing letters of intent, shareholders maintain any rights of accumulation, and selling agreements remain intact. If a fund has an R6 share class, which typically has no load and a minimal 12B1 fee, this class could be a good alternative to the clean shares. In addition, Rule 12B1 plans should be renewed, even if not activated. It is important to keep all of your distribution tools available, at least until a new normal is established. What is certain is that nothing is certain over the short term with respect to share class demand. Thank you for listening to Market Matters. I hope you found the information shared during today's program valuable. If you would like to learn more about today's topic or Thompson Hines Investment Management Group, please visit thompsonhine.com or contact a member of our team directly. With approximately 400 lawyers in seven offices, Thompson Hine is a full-service business law firm recognized for innovation and client service. Our smart path approach provides clients with service that is predictable, efficient, and aligned with their goals. And